welcome. You are listening to Grace Capital Church Podcast. Some of you are probably sitting there and you're saying to yourself, who's this guy? That's okay. He's wearing a pink shirt. I don't think Pastor Mark wears a pink shirt. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors at Grace Capital Church. I spend most of my time down in Pembroke. And I have the honor and pleasure of being here with you today as Pastor Mark is in Pembroke. So we kind of did a swap for today. Um, and just like uh, Greg is, th- is looking toward opening a campus in Plymouth, uh, my wife Kathy and I are looking at opening a campus in Pittsfield in September. Yeah. And we are excited about that <clears throat> because we believe that God is already at work there. And we're not going ahead of him to start something. We're going with him to be a part of something that he's already doing. And uh, we're excited about it. So pray for us as we continue to work toward that, just as we continue to pray for Greg and the group that's going to uh, be launching up in, in Plymouth also. All right. So it's a good day to be here. It's a good day to be here. We've been talking in the last few weeks about what? There's your quiz. Anybody? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. We've kind of have a little mini-series inside of a series this series that we call Veritas, or as I like to say, Truth, or Truth, <laughs> Truth. Martin goes to the Pembroke campus, so we give him a hard time about that. But I love the way he says, Truth. That's awesome. So we've been doing this little mini-series inside of a series, um, the Holy Spirit, for the past two weeks, and we're going to continue today. Uh, two weeks ago, it was snowing, and we talked about who the Holy Spirit is, and we kind of define really who He is, and uh, that He is part of the Trinity. He is part, He is God. And then uh, last week it was snowing, <laughs> and we talked about receiving the Holy Spirit. Pastor Greg talked about uh, and gave opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit and be filled with the Holy Spirit, the fullness that God brings us through the Holy Spirit. And and I understand there were quite a few of you who prayed for that fullness for the first time, and I know that you've seen the beginnings of God working in you differently because of what you received in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to continue talking about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about gifts. Uh, you've probably heard something about gifts uh, from the Holy Spirit, and we're going to kind of delve into that today and hopefully give you a little uh, foundation, a little better understanding of the truth of what these gifts are and how we can use these gifts to minister to others. So that's where we're going today. And... Uh, so let's get started. For me, well, wait, before we do that, even um, Alan, I think when he was doing communion, he mentioned the fact that the Holy Spirit seems to be more present in what we do here on Sundays for the past several weeks, that he's seen the Holy Spirit working and more freedom. I think, it's, I think that's, that's really the word, is the more, more freedom to minister in the Holy Spirit and to use the gifts that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. And we've seen that. I know in Pembroke we've seen it over the last few weeks, and we're really opening up um, intentionally to, to, uh, to be able to use the gifts that God has given us and to be able to give the Holy Spirit the freedom to move within our services and, and really be Spirit-driven through our services. Um, so that's, that's a good thing. It's, it's a really good thing because um, sometimes we just need to get out of the way and let God do what God wants to do through His Holy Spirit. But sometimes for me, you know, I'll feel... 
Um, if, if I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to do something or asking me to do something, prompting me to do something, you know, I'll, I'll start thinking about it and get inside my head. And you may do this too. What's the first thing you think? Is God really telling me to do that? Is that you, Holy Spirit, that's prompting me to do that? Or is that my own thinking? Am I just thinking that on my own? Or did I have bad sushi last night? And it's kind of, could be. But no, we want to question whether it's really the Holy Spirit. And, and for me, that's something that I do. Um, and I'm trying to grow through even that, even now, in this, this part of life that I'm at. Um, so what is it that really stops us from fully living in a way that the Holy Spirit can function through us. So, you know, why does it seem so hard for us to fully function in our spiritual gifts? Uh, because I don't feel like I'm totally alone in that. I feel like at least most of us, at least most of the time, have felt that same discomfort or that same uh, difficulty in really ministering fully in the spiritual gifts that God has given us. And I've been thinking about this over the past couple of weeks as we prepared this message and I really feel like there's probably two categories that, uh, that these, these uh, difficulty comes from. One of those categories, I think, is fear. I think we could be afraid of letting the Holy Spirit work through us, and we'll kind of talk about that a little bit. And the second one, I think, is a lack of education. We may not really know what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are and how the Holy Spirit can work through us. So I want to really address both of those things today as we move forward. So we'll start with fear. You know, what kind of fears that maybe we would have that would prevent us from really fully using the gifts of the Holy Spirit that God has given us? Well, I think the number one thing that comes to my mind is just a fear of looking foolish. You know, we, we uh, either as by, with past experiences where we've seen people who were filled with the Holy Spirit and, and took it to an extreme and, uh, and manifested in a way that was really more man-honoring than God-honoring, we've seen people look foolish. Um, in the name of acting through the Holy Spirit. Or we may even feel, um, maybe we're in the grocery store and we feel a prompting to um, go speak to someone. You know, maybe God puts it on our heart to, to go encourage someone in the grocery store. You know, go tell them that God loves them or, or, or some sort of encouragement for them. And, and we really feel like, oh, you know, I'm really going to look foolish if I do that. Do I really want to do that? Well, yes, if the Holy Spirit prompts us, we really want to do it. But we have that fear of being foolish. Some of us, there's the fear of the unknown, especially if, if we're new. Uh, we've just been filled with the Holy Spirit. We haven't uh, really developed the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. There's that unknown. It's, we've never done it before. And so we don't know what it looks like. And that's a fear that we might have. And then, you know, there's risk. We, we, uh, there's a risk in doing that. There's a risk at the grocery store if, if the Holy Spirit prompts you to go encourage someone or to speak a word over them. It's risky because you don't know how they're going to react. You know, and that's the other fear, a fear of how someone's going to respond, whether it's a stranger or maybe it's one of our friends who we uh, want to talk to and, and, and the Holy Spirit gives us a word for that friend or, or uh, uh, gives us a prompting to do something with that friend. And um, we're afraid of how they're going to react to that. Are they going to think we're crazy? Are they going to think we're goofy? Or, or you know, how are they going to react to that? And then, like I talked about earlier, there's the fear of misinterpretation. Did God really tell me to do that? Is that really the Holy Spirit that's telling me that? Or is that something that I'm creating in my own mind? And those are some of the fears and some of the things that we have to work through. Um, and a lot of that, uh, the answer to that fear is risk. It's taking the risk to uh, do what God tells us to do 
regardless of the fear that we might have because of the unknown or fear of looking foolish or something like that. So it's the fear that we might feel, but there's also the obedience to take the risk that the Holy Spirit's calling us to take. And then I think for some of us, there's that, the lack of education, uh, like I talked about a minute ago. I feel like the church, uh, and this is not necessarily Grace Capital Church, but the church as a whole, the church of Jesus Christ, um, maybe we haven't done such a good job of, of really educating folks about who the Holy Spirit is and how to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit and then the gifts of the Holy Spirit and what they look like. And that's something that we've tried to address over these three weeks. We tried to uh, give you that foundational knowledge because, you know, there are church who, churches who, um, like I said, they're on the extreme over here and, and really they manipulate uh, the Holy Spirit and, in an unhealthy way. There's also churches over on the far other side who might even say, well, the Holy Spirit, yeah, that was for the book of Acts, but that's not for now. And then there's, there's even a middle section who we talk about the Holy Spirit, and maybe Grace Capital Church fits more in this section. Uh, we talk about the Holy Spirit. We uh, let the Holy Spirit move, but we don't really teach much about it. We just talk about it in almost like we assume that everyone knows who the Holy Spirit is and, and how the Holy Spirit works. So I think there needs to be more education, more foundational stuff as we uh, get people who are new to, uh, to Jesus. They've just come to Jesus. They've never known him before, and they come, and all of a sudden we start talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, there needs to be some education, or even some who maybe have been in churches before where the Holy Spirit might have been uh, misused or misrepresented. Uh, we need to educate with the truth of who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, so there's that lack of, lack of education and also the fear that we need to overcome if we're going to really receive the gifts God has for us and develop those and walk them out and minister through them. Can you imagine yourself praying for someone to be healed and then see it happen? It works. It happens, you know. That happens. Or how about maybe you have a gift of administration. Maybe you have a gift of, of, of service and you see God working that through you, even in your job, and, and it works through you in such a way that people notice. They notice how God's working through you. They notice your attitude through it, your cheerfulness, your, uh, the way that you give the glory back to God through your service, through your works. The Holy Spirit does that. That's the Holy Spirit working in you. I know a man who goes to the Pembroke campus, and <coughs> he's a house framer. He frames houses for a living. But And I, I've talked with him before, and he's told me that's God's gift to him, to be a house framer. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He asks the Holy Spirit to lead him and guide him and to develop those gifts, and he's probably the best house framer in New Hampshire. But you know what? He doesn't do that just for himself. He uses that as his way to bring glory to God, to be able to tell others about Jesus, and to be able to build and grow the kingdom of God. So God works through these gifts that he gives us through the Holy Spirit. He does that today, just as he did that back in the book of Acts. So, you know, the question then is, do you want God to give you the, these gifts? Do you want these gifts to be in you so that you can work them out, and so that you can develop them, and, and you can minister with them? And, you know, some of us, for the answer, we'd love to say yes, but we really don't know because we haven't been taught yet. So by the end of what we're doing today, I'd love for you to say, yes, I want these gifts. 
because I understand what they are, and I understand that God has given me gifts, and I want to use them, and I want to use them in a way that brings glory to Him, not to me. Because one of the most important things about the gifts of the Holy Spirit is they're not for us, they're for others. They're for others for us to minister to others with. I know if I buy my wife a birthday present, I try to get her something that's very personal and very much for her. If I get her like a new ironing board, she's not such a happy wife. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit are a little bit different. The Holy Spirit gives us these gifts so that we can minister to others. He doesn't give them just for us, but he wants us to use those to minister for others. So let's go to Scripture and see what the Apostle Paul has to say about spiritual gifts. Uh, If we'll go to 1 Corinthians 12, I'd love for you to turn there if you have your Bibles. It's always good to bring your Bible to church. I know a lot of us use electronic devices. That's cool too. But I love to hear pages turn, huh? That's pretty cool. So if you turn to 1 Corinthians 12, I'll give you a couple of seconds to get there. And we're going to start there at the very first verse and read through. um, Actually, we're going to read through most of the chapter. Um, but we'll start with the first 11 verses. So let's start here with 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I, don't, I do not want you to be uninformed. So the Apostle Paul is kind of saying the same thing that we started saying this morning. I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to be taught. Paul wanted us to know the truth, the veritas of the Holy Spirit. So this is where he's going in this entire chapter. He says, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that gives us that knowledge of Jesus as Lord. Then in verse 4 it says, now there are varieties of gifts. So there are different kinds of gifts that God gives us. There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. They all come from the Holy Spirit but many different gifts. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So there we go. We're given the manifestation of the Spirit. We're given the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not for ourselves, but for the common good, for growing the church, for growing the body of Christ, for growing the individuals in the church. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So Paul is giving us a list of, of gifts. We, we sometimes in the church call these spiritual gifts. They're gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're gifts that God gives us. And if you, when you came in, you may have gotten a handout that looks like this. If you didn't, if you want to raise your hand, we'll be sure the ushers have some and they can get, get one to you. We have a few. Yeah, there's quite a few who didn't get one. Uh, if the ushers could hand those out, that would be awesome. And as you're looking at this, it really, uh, this breaks the gifts down into three different types of gifts, I guess. Up top, it, it may be a little confusing. Up top, it says gifts, but all of these are gifts, all three sections. Uh, there's motivational, there's ministry, and there's manifestation. And what these are is uh, 
gifts as listed in the different scriptures that are listed in the different sections. So, a little bit of homework. You can take this, go through the gifts, go through the scriptures that are associated with them, and understand and know that there are a variety of gifts. There's lots of different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us, but they all come from one Lord. And even at that, um, in my understanding of, of the way I read Scripture, I don't think this is all the gifts. I think there are many more gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. Um, I would really hate to put God in the box and say, nope, these are the only gifts you can give me, God, because I believe He gives us other gifts. I believe He gives us gifts of creativity, of of song, of music, of building, of craftsmanship. Um, so, um, as, as again, as I understand it, don't look at this as an exhaustive list of gifts, but just the gifts that are listed in these particular scriptures. All right, so that's enough talk about that. But keep that with you this week because you'll be using it at Life Group uh, as you talk. I think it's on the back of the Life Group outline for you leaders also. Um, so keep that and, and look through it. And let me say one other thing. If you aren't in life group, you're going to miss out. If you aren't in life group, you're already missing out because there's good stuff that happens there. But what better week to start in a life group than this week because you're going to be talking a lot about spiritual gifts and Holy Spirit gifts that were given, and you're going to be encouraged to d- develop those and to grow in those. So be sure and go to life group this week and every week. Okay, so let's continue through Scripture because I like to... Go through Scripture when we talk. In uh, verse 12, continuing on, it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Kind of be silly for your hand to be talking too. (laughs) But it's written here. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, it would look really funny. But it would also, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell but as it is, God arranged the members of, in the body, each one of them, as he chose. God arranged the members of the body as he chose. If all were a single member, there would be, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. What Paul is trying to tell us through this is that whatever gift you have, whatever gift the Holy Spirit has given you, whatever gifts the Holy Spirit gives you, they're important. There are none that are more important. The eye is not more important than the hearing. The hearing is not more important than the eye. Your little toe is important. The whole body is important. So what Paul's telling us here is that, he's, that God gives you gifts and that whatever gift you've been given, it's important. It's important. It's just as important. There is no hierarchy of gifts. They're all good gifts from God. And then it If you go along with that thought, all the gifts are important. If God gives you a gift and you think it's not important or you choose not to use that gift, then who's going to suffer? The whole body. The gifts are for the whole body. If my leg decides it's going to stop working, then it's not just my leg that's unhealthy. It's my whole body because I have to drag my leg around. 
So the gifts that we've been given are gifts that we need to use. The Holy Spirit has given us those gifts to use. If we don't, the body, the whole body, the body of Christ, isn't going to be as healthy as it would be if you were to use those gifts. So all gifts are important, and the gifts that we have, we need to use. Because, whoa. <laughs> we need to use those gifts to keep the body healthy, to keep the entire body healthy. So we'll continue on with verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So even if we have a gift that we feel like is really important, then who are we to tell someone else that their gift isn't as important? Because the, the head can't say to the foot, you're not important. We're all important. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we, just, we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greatest modesty, greater modesty, uh, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. God has so composed the body, the body of Christ, so that those... So compose the body, the body of Christ, as we think of it, that giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. So the parts of the body of Christ that seem to lack honor are the ones that God gives the greater honor. All of us are gifted. All of us need to use those gifts that God has given us. None of them need to be hidden. None of us need to be ashamed of the gift that we have or feel like we're less because God has given us a specific gift. That there may be no division in the body. No division in the body. The body needs to be one, unified. But that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. One member is honored, all rejoice together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. I had the pleasure of honoring Greg because he wrote that song that God gifted him with. That song wasn't from Greg. That song was from the Holy Spirit who, who gave it to Greg. Now... I wish I could write music and write songs, but it's not happening, and I don't really think it's going to happen. <laughs> but I can rejoice because God gave Greg that gift, and we got to celebrate it together today. Greg didn't keep that gift to himself. He didn't just decide he's going to sing that song in his bedroom when no one can hear. No, he brought it here so that we could all rejoice in the songs that God has given him and the gift that God has given Greg. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for not keeping that in the closet, but bringing it out because we rejoice with you in that gift. We rejoice together. So we've got this handout with lots of the spiritual gifts um, listed. I talked about it earlier. It's in three categories. So take a look at it. Study it this week before you go to life group. Um, because you, you really want to develop the gifts that, that the Holy Spirit has, is going to give you or has given you. It's interesting then, after we finish verse 12 with, with the Apostle Paul, as we read through that about gifts, we go into, guess what? Chapter 13. Imagine that. So chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, what is that? What do we consider that? The love chapter. We think it's all for weddings, right? We always read this part of the, the uh, scripture at weddings where love is patient and kind and, and the greatest is love. But it's interesting. 
Because in, in the transition between uh, chapters 12 and 13, in verse 31, it says, Paul says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. So he wants us to desire these gifts. He wants us to ask God for them. And then he says, and I will show you still more, a still more excellent way. So there's a more excellent way. Even as we have these gifts, there's a more excellent way. And what is that way? It's the way of love. So chapter 13 is written from the Apostle Paul as a way for us to understand that these gifts that we have, we're to, we're to use in a way of love. We're to use in a loving way to build up the body to edify others. Again, God doesn't give us gifts for us to keep to ourselves. He gives us gifts for us to share with others and minister to others and grow the body and edify the body of Christ. So that's why when chapter 13 comes along, um, it's a great chapter and it, it certainly fits at weddings, but it also fits for how we use the gifts that God gives us. So where do we start? How do we start with understanding the gifts that God gives us? Well, maybe you're new to this. Maybe you've never really understood the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and this is your first time, and you say, well, where do I start? Well, the first thing we, we read there in, in verse 31, earnestly desire the gifts. Earnestly desire these gifts. What does that mean? It means pray and ask God to give you these gifts. To earnestly desire them is to pray and to ask God to give you these gifts. Maybe, maybe you say, God, I have this passion and this compassion for sick people. Give me the gift of healing. Give me that gift of healing. Or maybe you say, God, I have this passion to speak life into situations where there is no life, to be able to prophesy to people where there needs to be life. God, give me the gift of prophecy. I earnestly desire it. Or maybe you're a house framer and you, you have this passion for framing houses and you say, God, give me your Holy Spirit as I frame these houses. Give me your Holy Spirit as I create the things that you've put in my mind to create as I'm nailing these nails and, hang, and, and framing this house. I earnestly desire that gift. It's okay to ask God for these gifts. He says, earnestly desire them. It's more than okay. He tells us to do that. So that's the number one thing, the place where we can start. It's, it's earnestly desire. Earnestly seek these things out. Asking God to give you these gifts. Because I believe in, in the book of Psalms, it talks about uh, God giving us the desires of our heart. Well, if these are the earnest desires of our heart, I honestly believe that God's going to give us these gifts. Because His Word said that He would. And His Word is true and is faithful. We talked about that way at the very beginning of the Veritas series. His Word is true. So God gives us these gifts. He gives us the desire of our heart as we pray and we earnestly seek out these gifts that he gives us. The next thing is to listen and to respond when he wants us to use the gifts. So we, we desire them. We ask God for them. Well, we, we can't just go our own way then. We need to listen for God. We need to know what God says. We need to be in his word. We need to be still with him and listen. And we need to listen when we're out somewhere and the Holy Spirit prompts us that we need to be speaking to someone or we need to prophesy to someone or we, need, we have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom for someone. We need to listen to God and respond and react and be obedient to that. We need to listen. Now, one of the things that we're going to do this week at Life Group, I love Life Group, so I'm going to talk about it a lot. We're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. And one of the, the things that we're going to give you an opportunity to do 
um, this week before you go to Life Group. If you go out to GCCNH.com to our website, there's going to be a link to a spiritual gifts test. We'd love for you to take that before Life Group. Print the results, take the results with you so that you can share with your life group leaders and the folks that you go to life group with. And they'll talk to you about the gifts that, that this uh, is, is guiding you toward. And they'll either confirm those gifts or affirm them. Or maybe they'll say, no, I don't think that you have that gift. Maybe you have a different gift. But these are the people that you trust because you're in life group with them. These are the people that love you and want the best for you because you're in life group with them. So take these, this uh, spiritual gift test this week and take it with you to life group and you're going to have a lot of fun with it. Uh, Life groups may be lasting a little bit longer this week because it's going to be a lot of fun as we talk (coughs) about gifts and the gifts that God gives us. So we need to listen and one of the ways that we can listen is going through this spiritual gifts test and doing that uh, with each other at life group. The third thing, and this may be the very hardest of all, practice. Because that requires taking a risk. We need to take a risk and do the things that God prompts us to do. Have you ever heard the saying that practice makes perfect? Yeah. Well, as you get these gifts, as God gives them to you, he uh, wants you to practice them. You may not be an expert at the very beginning. He wants you to practice them. Um, I've heard the story, let's, uh, a, way, uh, a good illustration or example. Let's say someone... Um, we bestow the gift of playing baseball on someone. You know, God's going to give you that gift. Well, what are they going to do? They're going to have to go out and practice and, and hone their skills and get better and better. They're not going to go out just because we proclaim that they have a gift. They're not going to go out and be, you know, the next um, Babe Ruth or something. Thank you. Um, You've got to practice these things. You need to practice the gifts. And sometimes that can be risky because with practice comes perfection or we get better. But also with practice, that's where we fail. That's where we make mistakes and we move forward even as we're practicing. And as you practice these at your life group, you can practice and and make mistakes and move forward with them. You know, a a great way to do it too, if um, maybe you're feeling like God is giving you a word to prophesy. And uh, maybe you're here on a Sunday morning or at life group. And so if, if you do, if that happens on Sunday morning, what well, we ask you to come up and talk to one of the elders before you come on stage and to run it by them. And that way they can hear you and hear the word and try to understand and, and try to, uh, because they have a little more experience, try to be able to help you. And if, if the word is for the congregation, they'll bring you up to share with the congregation. You know, a way to do it at Life Group might be uh, you feel like you have a word to, to just say, you know, excuse me, guys, I'm not sure. I've never done this before. God has never spoken to me this way before, but I feel like I have a word to share with you all. And then share the word, and then they can give you feedback, and they can tell you whether they feel like this is a word for the body or a word just for you. So it's, it's okay to practice these things and to become better at them. And as you do that, you're going to become a lot more confident with them. And as you become more confident with them, then you'll develop them even more and even better. So it's a good way to do it to practice and to take a risk. And then the final, the fourth thing is to continue to grow. You know, God doesn't create us to be stagnant. He wants us to continue to grow. He's never done with us. He's never finished. We never get to the point where we say, I've arrived and I need to to stop growing now because I'm done all I can do. No, God gives us that continual growth. So maybe uh, you've discovered you have the gift of prophecy. And so you, you uh, walk in that gift, you use that gift, 
You develop that gift. You minister in that gift. But you can't think, well, that's my gift. I'm good. I don't need to keep continue earnestly desiring gifts because i got the gift of prophecy. No. That's when you continue to earnestly desire those gifts. And as you do that, then maybe God has other gifts for you to use and other ways for you to minister and other ways for you to reach out to the community and minister to, through those new gifts that God gives you. So we need to continue to grow, just to continue to be who God wants us to be and continue in His Word and continue to understand how He gives us gifts and how we can develop those gifts and to continue to take a risk and continue to practice and to move forward in those because God's not done with you yet. As long as you're breathing, God's not done. He's just not. So those four things are pretty important, I think, for us. To earnestly desire the gifts. To ask God for those gifts. To ask Him to give you those gifts. To listen as He prompts you and respond to that. Listen and respond. Obedience through that listening and response. And then to practice and take a risk. Guys, don't be afraid to take a risk. One of our values here at Grace Capital Church is risk. Nobody's going to yell at you if you take a risk and maybe you're a little bit off. You know, we'll just work with you to help you grow through that. So practice these gifts and take a risk. And then don't ever stop growing. Don't ever feel like God's done with you because he wants you to continue in that, to continue in that growth. And then as we do that, we can take a look at our community and we can see that you want to come up, Rick? You, we can see that uh, God's developing our gifts together as a body. All these people in this section develop their gifts and start ministering. All this, this section develop their gifts. This section, that section. We all develop our gifts and start ministering in those. And then we understand what Paul's talking about here with the whole body being healthy, the whole body really um, expanding their gifts and growing through their gifts. And then what are we going to see? We're going to see the body grow because it's healthy. And healthy things grow. Healthy things multiply. And we're going to be able to see that. And then we're going to see a, a community and a people restored. We're going to see people restored to Jesus to come back to him. We're going to see people who never knew Jesus come to him. People who are broken, towns that are broken, cities that are broken, we're going to see them come back to Jesus because we can be obedient and willing and we desire the gifts, we practice the gifts, we listen, and we use the gifts to minister and grow and, and let others enjoy the value of the gifts that God gave to us. So that's what can happen that's what can happen when we reach out in the community, when we develop the gifts that God has given us, and we move forward in those gifts. So today as we close, it's going to just be a simple prayer. And one of the things that I, that I think the way we'll start the prayer is for, for us all to just be in silence. Maybe you've never earnestly asked God for your spiritual gifts. Maybe you've never really thought that much about it. Maybe you thought they'd just come. But the Bible tells us to earnestly desire those. And so let's take a minute just quietly, alone, and ask God for those gifts. And then I'll pray to close us and we can worship some.
So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we come to you earnestly seeking the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we've asked you and you've filled us with your Spirit. Father, we ask that you continue to fill us to the overflowing and that you would give us the gifts, Father, that we earnestly desire, Lord. Some here are earnestly desiring the gift of healing. Father, I pray that you would give them that gift. Some, the gift of tongues, Lord. And I pray that you would give them that gift. Some, the gift of knowledge or wisdom. Lord, we pray for those gifts. We pray, Lord, that you would enlighten us, that you would open us up to see the gifts that you've given us, Lord. And then give us the obedience, the courage, the risk to walk it out, to minister through those gifts, God, because we know that you're not giving us those gifts for us. You're giving us those gifts so that we can edify the body, that we can grow, and we can see the community restored. We can see people restored and coming back to Jesus. Father, we love you. We thank you that you give us good, good gifts, that you're a good, good father. We love you for your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would like to know more about Grace Capital Church or how to get a copy of this broadcast, please visit us online at gccnh.com.